0: Hey, everybody. It's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com. And today I am interviewing a really good friend of mine, Jasmine Sadler. She's here. And this is, I think this is my first hashtag. How did we meet episode where I actually have the guest in person and we're doing this recording Not live, but it's together and not over the phone. So I'm really excited about that. I'm in Jasmine's gorgeous new condo. She just got so congrats on that. But let's get right into it because I know we've got stuff to do and um, you're a busy, busy gal in San Diego. So um, let's start off with um, a little bit about you and then we'll talk about how we met. So tell the world a little bit about Jasmine.
1: I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. That's where I grew up, Southfield. And I went to the University of Michigan for college. I studied aerospace engineering. And I've moved out to San Diego about six years ago for my job as an engineer out here. So I do that as well as I have my own business. It's called the STEAM Collaborative. So we do STEAM education, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And my specialty is dance, math, and engineering. So that's what I do. I do presentations. I do workshops, hands-on workshops. I also did a STEAM leader Summit where I brought together leaders, the adult leaders that care for the children and actually coordinate programs for the children. So that's the biggest event that I did. And I just love STEAM, very passionate about it, combining the two worlds between STEM and art and helping people of color and in particular African-American children understand that we're multifaceted and that's not a hindrance, but that's actually something that they can bring together and have as a productive environment where they can learn and grow and work. Sweet. Yeah, I love it. So I, I really wanted to have
0: you on the show because um, you know, you're an engineer and I think that is super cool. I I went to school for mechanical engineering for like two years. Um, and then I realized that I was horrible at math, unlike my mother and I was like I had to get out. I, I liked the the design aspect versus like the putting it together, like that sort of mentality for me was where I, but I, I got to spend so much time with other, cause I went to Howard and there were so many other um, black and then people from all over the world, right. Um, at Howard doing engineering. And I got to see all the different types of engineers and all the different types of, of school's thought, right. I mean, even the architecture guys were um, part of our, cause I went to some like little intro thing right before school started And I was introduced exactly just like this kind of a program to engineering and what that would mean for me. And it really made a difference for me, even though I obviously switched courses and went to do design and I graduated with a design degree. It still showed me um, really what it was like and it gave me a jump start at school. So did you participate? Like what made you want to focus predominantly on this group?
1: So for me, growing up in Detroit, we had a program, Detroit Area Pre-College Engineering Program. But it goes by the name of DAPSEP. And so I had no idea that DAPSEP was really engineering, but it was a huge program around. I mean, it's still going on currently, but they did programming back then. I created a website in that program. They had summer visits at universities. So I went to one of the universities at Michigan, and they gave us a tour around the College of Engineering. So the different majors that were there material science and engineering, mechanical, aerospace. And for me, the real reason I got into aerospace engineering is because there was a space shuttle disaster in high school around the time I had to decide my major. And I realized, you know, I wanted to be that engineer that could help people do the coolest job in the world, be an astronaut and not necessarily have to be harmed trying to explore space. So I wanted to be that that solution so that people could safely explore space. And that's really why I went into engineering, but I love engineering because it's all about problem solving and how do you get a solution when you have a set of problems. And so I'm still able to do that as a quality engineer now and any other engineering path that I've taken so far, I've been able to do that as well. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I really like how you you mentioned the the problem solving because problem solving is, is it's so crucial And um, you really do have to learn how to think differently. You have to learn how to think outside the box, which I think is one of the most, one of my favorite adulting skills. And I feel like most people lack that. Like they don't, we get so stuck in like the everyday, whatever, the the humdrum of it all. We don't learn how to really use that muscle of thinking outside the box. How can I solve
1: this problem? Um, And engineering definitely does that. Yeah, and I think that's where the arts comes in too with STEAM is you're naturally using your creative side of the brain. And so for me, it's never been a separation between technical and the artsy side. It's always been one brain that I have. And so being an artist, that actually enhances my experience of problem solving. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. So when I went from
0: engineering to design, that's I, I really developed that creative muscle scholastically, right? I wanted to learn, okay, can I draw? Because that's what you're going to do in design. Um, I wanted to do industrial design because I wanted to design like the cars. I didn't want to put the cars together. I wanted to design the cars. Um, And I wasn't trying to go to Michigan because I was in Virginia. And I was like, I heard it's super cold. And I've heard the crazy storms. Like I don't want to go to Michigan by myself. Um, And that deterred me from doing like the industrial engineering. um, And then also California, right? Going across the country by myself at that time was super scary. So I didn't do it. But you do have to have that creative ability. And the arts, for me, you're still building stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, while I was in school, I studied abroad in Hong Kong. Mm. So I was still really, really young. I mean, my first internship, I did it with an aircraft engine company. That was only a few hours away, but I was still only 19 years old, going far from my parents. And then I did a co-op, so I took a semester off of school and went to South Carolina, and was there for a semester of school, but yeah, the most exciting thing was when I came to San Diego for an internship, I was like, I really love this place, but it was with the government contractor, which really wasn't vibing with me at the time, and then I went to study abroad in Hong Kong, and that was just blew my mind, but also showed me that the distance and location and different environments, you can still thrive and you can still learn about another place without having that fear hold you back.
0: No, That's true. Um, but I mean, you know, I think when people think engineering, I, I think a lot of people don't think creativity and they don't think the arts. And so it's really important to, to blend the two. So tell me more about why the arts is so important. I know you said you don't like separate your brain which does make sense, but I still feel like a lot of us categorize and we, you know, we'll do our work and then we do our designs and our creative and our art stuff. So how do you really blend them together?
1: So one example at work, we have a lot of wires because we do very technical turbines, so oil and gas turbines. And there's a lot of wires that go from the energy source to the turbine to make it run when we're doing testing. I was a test engineer. So I was just hooking up all of the testing wires and probes. It really became important to think more of with an artistic brain because the routing can get so twisted up. And then there were experiences where people were mixing up wires. And so that's where it's like, okay, how can we make this look more aesthetically pleasing? And then of course, I mean, even with some 5S concepts, so some operations improvements, those things are more about aesthetics and how something looks than it is about it technically working only. Mm-hmm. And so that's where being an artist can add to just helping people not helping people avoid mistakes, helping people um, successfully test engines and not cross enough wires. And so that's what, an example where art becomes important for something technical.
0: Hmm. Okay. And when you talk about working with the youth, um, you know, tell me why it's so important for you to reach them and maybe some good stories about how when you saw like that light kind of turn on in like a little girl's or a little boy's mind with this. So
1: it's important to start youngs. Research has said that the student's math proficiency level is a direct indication of how successful they'll be or if they actually pursue a technical field, in particular engineering. And so if you start too late, you've already missed some of the classes that you'll need or the classes that you should have because you can still be an engineer even if you haven't taken the hardest math. But if you already know that that's your plan, You'll go ahead and take calculus in high school. You'll get some of those credits early on, even if they're not required to graduate high school. So for me, that's why I do it at a young age. I also do it so that people, the students can see someone who looks like them in the field. And so it doesn't seem like it's unattainable that they can identify themselves in me and saying, well, she looks like me. She was able to do it. I'll at least try or I'll consider it. And so I completely understand that not all students take this path, but I want them to be able to know that they can if they choose to. And that there's somebody that looks like them that's done it before. I know for me, that's what's gotten me pretty far is knowing that somebody has done it before me. I mean, but even today, there's still people making black history every day. So they're still the first people to be mayor in a black woman mayor in the city of San Diego. That's still current day things happening, but I want to be able to show them that I'm somebody that's a rocket scientist that's made it. And so I know for one example, I was tutoring and coaching a robotics team. So all middle school girls and they had no idea when they walked in, what they would be doing, what the competition was. And so they had to actually design it build it and program it and then compete. And so for them, they had no idea what we were doing. They've never seen it before. And so for the coaches, we kind of walked them through it. Just this is, you know, these are the steps that you need to do, but then when we got to competition, that's where the light bulb really went off for a lot of them, where they saw some of the cool things that other people have done who have been there previous years. And they actually got the most spirited award because even though their robots didn't always work, they still had team spirit. They were still really excited to be there. And so for them, that was a time where the light bulb went off. It was like, this is when it really makes sense, where we're trying to solve this problem with something that we've built. And we did a really great job doing it. Nice.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I watched, as um, so I was at the Black Enterprise, they did a um, hackathon. Um, And so, yeah, that was very technical, right? But they picked students from all over the country, um, different HBCUs. They targeted HBCUs, and they brought all these different teams. I think they started off with 48 teams, and they narrowed it down to 24, and then they kept narrowing it, I believe. I can't remember, but they went through all of these different exercises with them, and it was so cool to see the team members work together. And it was cool because they, I don't know if they had coaches, but... It was cool to see them on stage kind of talking about, and then they presented, the last three teams got to present their app um, and like, American Airlines was sponsoring it. So it was a travel app for American Airlines. Um, and it was really cool to see that pro- that process and their progress as they went from, one of the teams even had like a little jingle. It was super cute. But it was, it was so much fun to see these kids figure stuff out mm-hmm. and then compete against each other and take their technical skills. And it was interesting because- they had pan- they had the judges, and the judges were like, you know, tell us what each of you contributed um, and how you guys worked together and some of your challenges. And it was cool because they worked off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. So I also think that you know, art and engineering, it is problem solving, but it's also using your mind in different ways and also being able to work in a group environment to sort of tackle. Um, problem. So can you speak a little bit about
1: that? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why diversity is important and diversity in your teams. And research has shown that teams that are more diverse are more successful and more profitable. And that's where that comes in, where we need more women's voices and women's strengths or traditionally female strengths. And even just culturally, where you have an African-American bringing my cultural experience's to problem solving. And I mean, I've heard of situations where a group is trying to provide a solution to an urban neighborhood, but none of the team has even lived in an urban neighborhood before. And so that's where diversity continues to be important. Um, I mean, even at all of the engineering companies that I've worked at, there's been at least one small group of only women. And it's usually when they're assembling really fine details mm-hmm. or when something needs to be inspected at a precision level that they have an all female group. And so it stands out because like you realize that we do have strengths. This is one, but then there's also many strengths that women have. And so not to lump all women into one category, but there are things that are strengths and that can bring, a more diverse group to being a lot stronger.
0: Yeah. And tremendous value to companies and, you know, people who are looking to think outside of the box because I was listening to something recently and this was about architecture um, and how um, I think it was a Ted talk actually. And the guy was talking about how we need more women involved in designing some of these buildings because, you know, hello, you go somewhere and why is the women's wait for the bathroom so incredibly long and the guys are not like this. This is a design flaw in some of these, you know, architecture designs. And how can we how can we solve these problems from that perspective? And I was just talking about this recently because I was at Toyota headquarters and I was working there for many months um, in Dallas in their new headquarters. And the bathroom was actually right in the middle of the workspace. So you have all of these like a rectangle, right? The inside of the rectangle right in the very center was where the bathrooms were. So if you came right out, you could go straight to your desk. Mm -hmm. So proximity was great, but there was no privacy. And it was also one of those things where I was like, well, as a woman, if I want to bring something into the bathroom with me, um, I feel like everybody can totally see me. It's very obvious, right? Even if it's just lipstick or, you know, I want to fix my face Mm -hmm. um, or like toothpaste. You know what I mean? Some people brush their teeth at lunch. So it was just one of those things where, you know, Clearly, that wasn't really thought through. Now, maybe because, you know, the building was built and it was a Japanese company. Maybe they have different cultural things that they do. And I don't know. But I still think it's cool to have that that sort of collective where we can see so we're not missing the mark on really important things.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why it's important. There's so many things done in the corporate world that were done because the people who were corporate were all men, all white men. And so there's things that were done culturally, there's things done, um, I mean, even when it comes down to the temperature that's usually set at a building, it's more catered to a male's um, internal temperature than a, than a than a female. So it's there's a lot of things historically done that people haven't ever thought to change. Um, but then me being at, even in my work environment, there's been... Sometimes where, I mean, I've had to have a heater at my desk and I've had to ask them to close the vent. And so one of the guys told me, well, you know, we'll just uh, update what the minimum temperature is going to be in this whole section of the building. And so that was something where some people's biases really play into what should be done in a space. And now when you have more diversity, you have to consider other people, but it doesn't really get considered unless we bring it up. Mm -hmm. So those are things that we still have to remember to do and then encourage and have management encourage and ask what's the way that we can make this environment more comfortable and more inclusive. So, okay. So there's a few things there I want to touch on and I'm going to
0: try to remember all of them, but I, I do want to talk about some of the changes that you want to see in your industry, right? You've been in this industry, you've been a scientist and engineer, you've been doing this for a little while. Um, What do you want to see? What are you hoping for for some of the youth that you are kind of working with to see when they get to that spot?
1: I think the main thing at this point is getting the mid-level managers more diverse because even though some of the executive team are not that diverse, I mean, there's statistics, statistics, that must be run for executive leadership teams to be considered diverse. But even at the mid-level management, that's where a lot of our employee resource groups really get a lot of pushback. And so I've experienced that where some of the efforts that I've been doing to recruit minority talent or recruit technical female talent has gotten pushback from my mid-level managers because they're not thinking that diversity and inclusion is important. And they don't think that it's a business goal, that they think that it's something that I should be doing at lunch or on the side or after work. But it's the mid-level managers that don't understand that. And that's what I would really like to see is having those mid-level managers be more diverse, more African-American mid-level managers, more Af- more women mid-level managers, because those are people who live that every day, that live that experience. And so then they can better build up their team to understand the importance of diversity. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point because
0: you see that in, I've been in consulting for a long time too. And if there's not middle management, they are missing a mark, right? They're not going to Bring together the right teams are not going to be able to see the strengths in the people coming up. Right. So if you have a regular, you know, entry level, even like a mid level person kind of trying to climb the corporate ladder, it makes it very difficult to do that. If people aren't recognizing your strengths because they don't understand um, really what you bring to the table. And I think that happened to me quite a bit as a woman, and I'm sure you you can relate, you know, you're in a, a meeting and you have something to say and people are so shocked that you're smart They don't even know what to do with whatever you say. You could have said something completely stupid and Mm -hmm. not helpful to the group, but they are so shocked that not only are you in the room, but you're adding value. You're bringing something to the table besides good looks and a nice smile. They don't really know what to do with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's happened with me when I've been trying to interview for other positions within the company. And when I've interviewed for other positions within the company that when talking with the hiring manager and going through my qualifications, then they focus on one gap that I have. And then I'm like, well, this is how I fill that gap. One, the gap that they mentioned was I don't have sales experience. And I told them, well, I have my own company. And I've won a pitch competition for that company. And I also get revenue from my company. So I believe that that's sales experience. And then we go on to talk about more of my qualifications, that I have my master's in business, that I'm an aerospace engineer. And a lot of the topics that we can actually relate on and find commonalities with. Then it came back to saying, man, you would be perfect, but you don't really have sales experience. And so I had to remind him, again, I have my own company, you know, so... Exactly what you're saying, where I feel like he was more shocked mm-hmm. about all of these qualifications, that it was just a lot for him to yep. wrap his mind around that I wasn't the statistic or that I wasn't the person he had in his mind that I was. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I've definitely experienced that before.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely a change I'm, I'm hoping uh, that happens is that, you know, these people, <laughs> these people. <laughs> start seeing that there's a lot of people out there that have a lot to, to, you can't judge a book by its cover. And I think you know you see that in, the, in like the Silicon Valley, like the tech area, right? Because you don't know these guys, you know, they're young, mm-hmm. um, they're quiet, they're super nerdy, they're not, you know, trendy in any respect. And they're out here, you know, solving some huge problems, creating some of the apps that we all love and use every single day. Um, so we cannot judge a book by its cover at at any respect. Um, And I'm I'm hoping to see that change too. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's the thing about bias is it's okay. It's usually, you know, ingrained in you for a reason to have biases. It, Mm -hmm. It protects you usually. But then when you start using those biases to affect how you manage your interactions with people and how you judge and how you jump to conclusions about them, that's when it's extremely harmful to everybody. Absolutely.
0: And I think companies are taking hits. Um, the more biased and the more square, which is why I'm so glad that, you know, they have these stats that people run. Like it's somebody's job to see and just sort of shine a light on companies that are very um, one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to me is, it's, it's a great thing, but I did want to talk, cause I just remembered we did not talk about how we met. So we're going to kind of take a left turn. Um, we may circle back, but let's take a left turn and talk about how we met because How we met will bring me into some other topics around networking and expanding that. So, do you remember when it was? It's like
1: 2015? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, I've been here in San Diego six years, and so for me, it just seems to be just one big continual. <laughs> and so for me, this is the place that I've lived the longest, of uh, right. any place. And so I'm just like, I haven't really delineated which year is what, but we met through San Diego black professionals, which is a group on meetup.com. So huge shout out to the founder Dree, We love you. Thank you for <laughs> providing the platform to be yeah. a welcome wagon for black professionals in San Diego. So that's what we met through, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the actual meetup. Oh, God,
0: no. I, I don't remember. <laughs> but, I don't remember the actual meetup.
1: Either. Yeah, but I'm one of the co-organizers for the meetup group. And so I host several different types of meetups, mostly in the artsy space, in the nerdy space, at church. So those are most of my meetups. And even happy hours. So I love happy hour and brunch. So mm-hmm. when I... Mm-hmm. And I think that gives somewhat of a break to people that are black professionals and lets everyone let their hair down a little bit more. But then other organizers host meetups that align with their specialty. So we do some with fitness. We do some with just like relationship conversations. There's a lot of, a lot of different types of meetups we have. So that's when we met and I try to make a connection with Everyone, honestly, but that, of course, doesn't happen. But I'm, I'm happy to say, I think in the past five to six years that I've been a meetup organizer, there's been at least one new person at every single meetup that I've done. Nice. Like, where's their first time? Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. And I think that shows there's value in it and that people want an environment where they can be around a similar culture and have those experiences in San Diego, even though we're such a small portion of the population here.
0: Yeah. Like a very small, I can't remember the number anymore, but it's, it's like in the teens. It's like like under five.
1: No. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah, guys. So it's, it's a small, and, and, you know, coming from DC, it was, it was difficult for me um, being here. Obviously I was fine. Um, and you find people, right? You find, and you connect, but meetup.com is a fantastic resource for anybody who's looking to meet people. I know we'll talk about this later. I'll do a whole episode on meetup. That's one of my highest watched videos on YouTube is how to use the meetup app, which mind boggles me, but it is what it is. So meetup.com is, is a great place for those of you who don't know, um, to find events locally to wherever you are and whatever your interests are. They have, um, events I'm sure you've heard. There's a puppy in the background, you could have a dog meetup, right? Dash hound lovers or, you know, golden retriever pups. And literally they're totally random, but also very specific niche groups, all kinds of meetups, whether you're into happy hour, whether you're single, um, there's professional meetups. Um, The San Diego black professionals is nice because it, it does offer you an array of things. So, you know, no matter what you're interested in, if you're single, if you're married, if you're working, at a nine to five or an entrepreneur, you can find something to do. Um, And I think it's a great, so, okay. So when we talk about meetups, that's how we met. What are some of your top tips really quickly on people who are thinking of going, but
1: are maybe a little apprehensive? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We usually experience people like that. I think for me, it took me a few weeks, maybe that I went back. Well, that I went for the first time. So I actually, went to a meetup, but I didn't know it was a meetup several years before when I was interning. And So when I came back to San Diego, I found San Diego Black Professionals, but didn't know it was the same group who I met several years prior. So it took me a few weeks before I decided to go back. But once I did, it was such a welcoming environment. I think at the time, the organizer that we had was really... um, Really drove to have every new person meet everybody that was there. That was their main initiative, and so that helped a lot. That introduced me to a lot of good friends, some dating potential, mm. uh, some lost dating potential, <laughs> but but definitely a lot of a lot of good friends. And one thing that I and Dree, both of us, really love to see is when people make connections with each other and sustain their friendships or relationships outside of the meetup group mm-hmm. and so when they come back to a meetup and they're really really close friends or even dating then it's like wow um you all gotten this close just at the meetup and they're like no we actually live together now so there's been two friends who started living together and then they've ended up living with their fiancés, and so then they just had this one big happy family. Wow. And so it was, it was very cool um, to see things like that. I At one of my meetups, one woman came with a guy she was dating, and that didn't go so well that night, but she met a guy who she ended up marrying and now has a child with. Wow. <laughs> and so there's a lot of opportunity to just meet Other people, but the main tip I would have is you have to be open. Don't be judgmental. Um, And it's one thing that we hear a lot as organizers is, I never found the group. I never got to meet anybody. But when people describe where they were in the environment. It's like we were right there. And so if you saw us, Mm -hmm. which is kind of difficult to miss in San Diego, Mm -hmm. if you see a lot of Black people in one area, it's probably the meetup group. And so just coming up and saying, are you all San Diego Black professionals? Or, you know, even just without it being the meetup group, you can still meet different people in the city Mm -hmm. and even for me, when people introduce themselves to me or I, I introduce myself to someone else, then I usually tell them about the meetup group, especially if they're new to the city. And everyone is happy to find it once, once they do. They, they don't even know that there is a group like this that has Black professional people in it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. It's, really, it's a really good group, guys. And I've been a part
0: of a bunch of them all over the country. Boston is another one of my favorite cities. Um, because again, it's not a super diverse area per se, um, but it was a fantastic opportunity. And and you can literally join a group, even if you're just in town for a couple of weeks, like say you have to come here for a conference or you're on vacation, um, maybe your girlfriend's canceled and now you're just going. Um, you know, Go to Google, type in Google. You, know, you can go to Facebook events now and start to see what's going on and try to find the young professional groups local to you because you never know who you're going to meet. And it literally can turn into, you know, you meet your your next boo, Mm -hmm. you meet your next best friend, the people that are in your wedding um, you meet and the opportunities are endless. I think even with business too, right? You can, I've, I've hosted events. Drew was nice enough to let me be an organizer while I was living here for a couple, a couple Mm -hmm. months. I don't remember how long, and I was able to host an event and it was cool. So I had people show up to my little vision board party. You were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was great to have that option um, as a professional to meet with people, but also to join. Yeah. So, um, I do want to ask one more question, and this is about networking. Um, so tell me about an experience where networking in some way, shape, or form changed your life for the better.
1: Mm. So networking isn't really my thing. I think mean, I'm more, well, I'm an extrovert, so I get energy from being around a big group of people, and I get a little more apprehensive around Small groups of people, and so networking is usually that. And sometimes it seems counterproductive to do that—to to give out business cards to people who you never will see again. But one thing that I've learned—I've been reading the Tipping Point lately, and there's a section in there that focuses on connectors, and that's what I've always said about myself. But it talks about how connectors are extremely valuable people because they're able to connect one person to another. And so through networking, that's how I usually get introduced more to STEAM leaders and to people who have coordinated STEAM programs where I I get referred to someone else to invite me to do my presentations or workshops with them. And so connecting has been so vital for me that that's why I created my company, the STEAM Collaborative. So I'm able to connect people who have different gaps when it comes to STEAM. So if one organization needs a building, another one has a building. If one group has a lot of money, but no kids because it's an adult organization and they just want to fund something with STEM or STEAM, then I connect them with a group that needs that funding. So networking has been essential for me to succeed. And so that's helped me to go out as an entrepreneur to have these different steam leaders that I can interact with. But then it's also been a vital thing for people to contact me. And so when people are contacting me as a connector, I'm able to connect them. So even yesterday I had a phone call where I mentioned that I was going to be on a panel this coming weekend. And the woman I was on a phone call with while we were having a business call about an, a workshop that I'm doing for her, she asked me, well, how do you get on panels? What's the way that I can get on a panel? And so even just that has been an open door for me as well as for her.
0: Nice. No, that's a really good, that's a really good, really good answer and a really good segue into STEAM. So tell me, um, for anybody who wants to get involved, for anybody who's interested, or for anybody who knows someone who maybe should get involved, how can
1: they do that? So one great resource is Discover E. So it's discovery without the Y, but it's E. So Discover Engineering, basically, is what it stands for. And so they have a lot of good workshops that they have on there. They do a really great job with Engineers Week and Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day. So they have a lot of good tips on STEAM for adult planners, for students looking to do something around it. So they have a lot of good information. The National Society of Black Engineers has a lot of really good information for elementary school. They do a SEEK program, so the Summer Engineering Exposure for Kids program. So there's a lot of nationally run and nationally funded programming for STEM and STEAM. So definitely look into those. I've posted some on my website, STEAMcollab.com. There's some on my Facebook page here and there. So there's, um, there's a lot of good resources out there. I think the main gap is usually if you don't have experience in STEAM, how do you get someone else interested into it? So that's where someone like me can be able to connect you with a resource. And mean, for adults that I meet who want to get their kids in tutoring or want to get their kids in a STEAM program, I connect them with a program that is age appropriate and probably aligns a lot closer with a group where they'll be successful. So yeah, definitely reach out to me. I can contact someone for you. So my email is jasmineatsteamcollab.com Facebook is there, Instagram is there, LinkedIn is there. So those are a lot
0: of different ways. Okay, cool. And I will put that, all of that, all of the contact information, all of um, Jasmine's email addresses and all of that will go into the show notes. So you can just hit hit the button there um, or if you're on my website. You can also scroll down and you'll see it. Um, But definitely connect, add her now if you're thinking about it um, and then reach out, obviously. And you have me as well. And I can always be the connector to the connector in -hmm. a way. Um, and get that going, but okay. Is there any, anything that you need support on anything that anybody that you want to collab with who might be
1: listening, who can reach out to you? Yeah, I think the main area that I need help with right now, I'm planning a scholarship actually. And so for that, there's been some nonprofit organizations, but not even nonprofit, just some smaller sole proprietorships with steam leaders that they want me to come out and present and come out and do workshops, but they're not able to pay me for that. So I'm creating scholarships so that other people who are able to can fund those scholarships to offset the cost for me to come out and present for those who can't afford it. So I'm in the process of creating that. So if anyone is able to help with creating that, the wording for those scholarships and even donating to those scholarships, I think would be really strong thing so that i'm able to still do what i love but also make the business more sustainable Mm -hmm. and so there's foundations that i've applied to there's challenges and pitch competitions that i've applied to some have gone successfully one that i've applied to is the obama foundation so really excited just to see everything that's going on with that i've Been on the email list for a while. They've been making some extreme changes in the world. So that's one that I would really love to be a part of. And so for some of you all who are interested in starting your own companies, the Small Business Administration that are in your local areas, it's really great for that. Um, And so that's really what I like to get into more is just how do I – become the best entrepreneur ever how do i become more sustainable how do i uh expand to different areas that's really what i want and so in the long term i eventually want a steam university um, theaters around the world an academy and housing to go along with all of that i like it that would be
0: super cool that'd be super cool and then to like look back and see What you've built, I mean, that's also part of engineering too, right? You have these ideas, you have these sort of plans. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like at the end, but you keep going. You keep putting it together and and using those critical thinking skills to create
1: something amazing that's going
0: to essentially help the world. Um, So that's awesome. Thank
1: you. Yeah, so anybody who's interested in starting a company, that's the first step is register your business. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always tried to do with my company is be in a place where if somebody had the check for me, that I'd be able to receive it and do something with it. Right. So that's what I would tell anyone, you know, if they say, who do I write this check to? They could write it to you, but, you know, if you had a business name already established, if you had a check in account already established, then that could be something. But then that's also a space for generational wealth building. Mm-hmm. It's when you have your own company and how to manage tax returns, and things that you are able to get back that, a lot of people in the black community aren't
0: taken advantage of. That's true too. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, again, putting yourself in situations where you're surrounded by people who know these things. uh, And when you're communicating with these people, you can say, Hey, look, this is where I'm at. What should I do? And that person can then say, Oh, well you have to do this or talk to, you know, Shalia or somebody Mm -hmm. right. And, and get that information. So you're guided when you surround yourself by People who are also kind of doing, they don't have to be doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could get advice from somebody who's got a fitness business Mm -hmm. and there's going to still be some similarities there um, that could be helpful to you.
1: Right. I mean, and then even just with entrepreneurship, don't be afraid to share your idea. There's some things that you can do to protect your intellectual property, but for the most part, nobody's going to do your thing like you're going to do your thing. And so while they can create the same product, they won't create it how you create it. And with the same mindset that you created. So that's why when people ask, how can I help you or what do you plan to do next? Don't be afraid to share those things because you never know who they'll connect you to based on that. And that's why again, networking is so important. Absolutely.
0: And and to your point as well, you could also be, you know, I see that in tech as well, right? The the conference there were a lot of people there doing somewhat similar things. And even in the tech industry, everyone's always about APIs and like, ooh, I'm gonna create this next best app. Mm-hmm. Um And and that happens. But I think really what you see at the end of the day are the people who made the biggest moves and who took risks and the people who kept going. You know, it's one thing to say you're going to start a personal trainer Mm -hmm. company or a dog walking service. And then, you know, you have all these great ideas, but you don't actually implement them. Um, You you really can't. You know, that's like me going to um, Armstrong, which is a a nursery here in San Diego. It's one of my favorite places. I'm still on their email list. Mm -hmm. I haven't lived here in like a year and a half. But, you know, this like me going to Armstrong, stocking up on moms, getting a ton of, you know what I mean? Getting all mm-hmm. the things, like you just said, getting the license, getting the checking account, whatever, mm-hmm. and not actually planting anything. Mm-hmm. If you don't plant it it's, and then you don't water it regularly, it's not going to work. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're actually putting these things and surrounding yourself by the right people. So definitely meetup.com. Um, definitely start pairing up with people that you meet and sharing what you're interested in. And not really be afraid to, to share that, even if it does seem a little off the top or, you know, because I'm sure there was somebody who thought that art had nothing to do with, you know. Yeah, all like, the time. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And being able to say, okay, well, that's your opinion and that's lovely, but here's what I'm going to do and I'm going to stick to it. Um, so please, guys, if you're listening and you are able to help Jasmine out, reach out to her, reach out to myself um, and we'll connect you. And also, if you're interested in getting involved, um, again, there's meetup.com where you can get involved if there's not a group near you. Um, And there's also ways to just like reach out to people, right? A simple email, how can I help? That never happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, that really changed my life when I reached out to one of my former classmates. So the only other Black woman, aerospace engineer, that went to school at the same time as me. And I didn't know why I was reaching out to her. I think I heard a sermon on the radio about, you usually have everything you need. You just have to tap into it. Mm -hmm. And so they said, think about a person who you have and that could possibly change things for you and contact them. And so that's what I did. I texted her. Somebody I had contacted, Aisha Bo, if you're listening, thank you so much. And so contacted her. We hadn't spoken in six years since graduation. I texted her and said, I don't really know what we can do for each other, but let's talk. So then at that point, she called me then and I said, well, let's just do a follow-up meeting from here. And so she's like, I already have an idea of how you can help or what you can do. And so from that, I ended up being an instructor, the aerospace lead for her camp, her STEM camp, her engineering camp, sorry, in the Bahamas. So I was able to go to the Bahamas two years in a row as the aerospace lead for students in the Bahamas. And so all of that by contacting someone I hadn't spoken to in six years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's people out there who need help. There's people out there who can help you Mm -hmm. with the help that they need. And I think that's that's really powerful.
0: Uh, It really is. And that's why I'm so passionate about networking because it's like, guys... That's why I'm doing this segment. The How Do We Meet segment is to show people that there are people right now in your network, regardless of whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or IG or Grindr or whatever you're on, there are people in your network who can, like you said, who can help you or who you can help. Yeah. Um, and, and you just have to utilize it. It's just like anything else. If you're not utilizing it, you're not taking advantage. And when I say take advantage, I don't mean you're that guy, right? Who pings people only when they need something because that's... But that's not a good book, right? That's not a good book at all. So, um, awesome. Well, thank you for all the tips um, and sharing your story. I think it's really important to talk about a lot of this stuff and how we meet people and how things have changed over the years. And I'm hoping we'll do another segment at some point. I'll have you back on the show and we can talk about the school year opening or the academy yeah. and something else. Yeah, there. I mean,
1: I think when we first met, we weren't anywhere near... No no being entrepreneurs or just like having that mindset of i can do this Mm -hmm. you know and so we're both working still so that shows that you can still work full-time make sure that you're more financially secure but still do your passions do what you love and still change the world absolutely all right guys You heard it.
0: Uh, Definitely subscribe to the show, right? Network and Spill. Um, Come back and listen to the next episode that we have. And also just to follow along because I will, we can do at some point, we'll do an Instagram live or maybe even a Facebook live as well. And we'll just chit chat and we'll maybe take some questions. So if you're listening to this, definitely ping us uh, with questions, things you want to talk about that we didn't, because we didn't talk about a lot of things on this and we could have gone deeper into a lot of things I, I probably would have liked to go we should do another one like specifically on dating at this point um, but we have <laughs> we may need cocktails for that I didn't bring any cocktails next time um, but we we will have a Facebook live or an Instagram live where we'll sit and we'll have a conversation with people those of you who are interested in any of the different things we talked about meetup um, STEAM STEM engineering um, specifically the um, all of the stuff the schools, everything that you've heard, um, we'll be talking about it and um, other kind of, it will also just like like a little chit chat. Like I'm going to call it a, a small kickback online. It's going to online if everyone just chilling and talking. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Judd. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers.